You're listening to The Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. What's growing on? What's growing on today, Scotty? All kinds of things, right? We always got to have all kinds of things Absolutely. growing on, going on. Absolutely. Uh, we're gonna do discombobulated. Discombobulated. I'm already. I'm already screwed. <laughs> discombobulated format. Little big guys. We had a great uh, grower sit in with Brown Dirt Warrior up there in the, the British Columbia Hills in the valley. I already forgot the name of the valley. You have to chime in, but. <laughs> Good discussion, man. Good discussion about all types of things, down from growing to uh, you know OG OG grower times in uh, British Columbia and legalization happening up there. And if you as you'll heard, if you if you don't know who I'm talking about, just Google Brown Dirt Warrior and you will find the warrior. True, true. Hey, you know what, man? I think we're gonna have to uh, throw throw the executive producership to uh, Fino, who was the guy that actually introduced us to the Brown Dirt Warrior. Hell yeah, man! You want to talk about producing a segment, man? Big ups to Fino, man. Thank you, my friend. I like it. I like it. Uh, well, today, guys, we're gonna. Uh, that's what's gonna be growing on. We're gonna be having inserting our grower sit in. Got a little bit of recharge it up. What's going on in our grows? Yeah, man. I don't, <laughs> I'm not smoking anything new today. A couple funny ass memes for sure. So Scotty can give away. Wait, are you giving away real bucks or is it nugs now? You know what, man? Let's just give away the nugs, man. It makes it easier. You can buy anything you want. E- easy way to do it. So it's the same right. thing, man. It's the same thing. Free shit. Uh, <laughs> on the on the, uh, the the same mode of not free shit, but if you guys don't forget, a couple good coupon codes out there for you. Source Vapes coupon code DUDE gets you a, a deal over there at SourceVapes.com. And speaking of them, we got to figure out, we're going to give away that Orb 3 full-on vape pen set. Atomizers, like, here, I'm going to pull that up right now, but tell them how, tell them how they can win the Orb 3, Scotty. <laughs> man, I feel like a spokesmodel now, man. You're, you're like Vanna White. <laughs> Dude, uh, we're just going to do a... Uh... Uh, most popular comment contest again the most likes for your comment uh, I'm going to do a review of this thing man it actually sounds like the uh, best thing I've done all day but I'm going to fire this bitch up on a, uh, a short little video and show you all about it and why I think it's pretty awesome and then just comment on it share it with your friends and sure we'll be glad to give one away man all right, I'll take it uh, now does that mean like what if can Cody Chronic win again Oh, uh, yeah, man. I hope Cody Chronic wins again. All right, man, because, uh, <laughs> you know, what? we're against the people that uh, that do the most amount of work now, man. Fuck yeah. It's probably the guy that deserves to win. Well, let's do that. Did you say, what is it going to be? Dudegrows.com forward slash what? Orb. Orb. O-R-B. Okay. It's just yep. so all the stoners can remember. What was yeah. it? <laughs> orb, man. An orb. Like the orb of, uh, the hell, I don't know. How do I know? What do you want? What do we want to look for, though? I like you said the comments that get the most. Like, we've had some really good ones, man. Like your best vape experience. 
a review on the pen or, or just in vaping in general? Do you have any specifics? Well, a review on the pen would kind of be phony because I don't think most people have the pen, man. So, Well, I could get on there and do a review on what I have. So I want to do a test on it. I want to do one of those, like, you know, when they make really strong stuff and you run it over with a car? I think I want to run my pen over with the car. And then, you know, <laughs> I'm not sure if it'll work or not, but it'd be a cool test, huh? I'm just, I'm just thinking, you're like, what are the rules and stuff? I'm like, what are the rules for a popularity contest, man? You know? There really ain't too many rules, man. Just no cheating. <laughs> I don't know, man. Shit, get, get every, you know, the, the more likes you get, you know, that's that's the guy that wins, man. Because, you know, if you if you have to send it around to a bunch of different people to like it, that's a bunch of people you're sharing that content with, man. So uh, we're just trying to get the word out on Dude Grow Show. Uh, we love it when the audience grows. Legit growers when it grows too, man. Actually, speaking of that, man, I was talking to, we're talking about a little what's growing on, a little preview. I was talking to the folks over at Mass Roots, which is a a pretty cool app slash, I guess it's almost like a forum type thing. You know, big grower community, I'll call it. And uh, this, you know, the guys seem really, uh, really cool, man. Shout out to my boy Grant over there, man. So we're talking to those guys today. Dude grows and Mass Roots might have to hook up, man. Do, Do some good stuff, man. They're right out of Denver, you know, dude. All right. Yes, uh, they are. I remember meeting those guys at one of the uh, shows, which we got to keep our eye on. There should be a couple more. Like we, I think it was Canacon or something like that. There's so much crap going on out here. It's hard to keep track of all of it. But sure is, man. Especially when, especially when there's powder on the mountain, bro. All right, man. We'll bring it in here real quick. <laughs> bring it in. Yeah. <laughs> bring it in with uh, Jamie. That was growing on parody, please. And then we'll get into. Uh, I got one little thing before we go over to our grower sitting, but. Play that funky music, white boy. You got it, Ming. Dude and Scotty are recharged up and feeling right. It's time to answer questions about growing weed without the hype we've got to plant the seeds today to make all my stoner homies say yeah yeah oh what's growing on what's growing on yeah what's growing on dude and scotty what's growing on All right, so I had a comment from an email. I think you got the email, too. Um, and, and this is where, like, you know, you, you like to tell people out there, we always like feedback on on the show as far as where, you know, where we came from, where it's going. You guys think we're getting too commercial, or do you think we're getting too granola? Whatever you want to say, <laughs> we like we like to hear from the listeners. Um, so we had a, a listener chime in, and it was just, and I think he's in the episode like the 30s, maybe but now he's up to episode 40. Right. I haven't listened, you know, to every single one by any means. And he was mentioning how he thought, you know, at least in those episodes, I was interrupting Scotty a lot, and you know, to the point where 
if we had a contest about it, and yeah, you guys all had to smoke every time I interrupted Scotty, we'd all be too high to learn anything on the Dude Grow Show. Whoa, man. So, normally, they're calling me the interrupter, man, you know? I don't know, man. Everybody's got different perspectives on it. I would like feedback. I was kind of curious. I told him, to, you know, thanks for the feedback for sure. Keep listening and tell me if you think, like, I evolve. And, you know, because I, I know for sure, you know, compared to the earlier episodes I've evolved in being able to be more comfortable in front of the mic and being able just to chat and realize we're all hanging out. It's not like, you know, where you get you, there's that story on NPR where this guy would get the best stories from people that get in his recording booth and then the red light would go on that indicates they're recording and they just clam up. <laughs> so he just started recording people before the red light went on and the red light would go on and be like, ah, oh, it's good. I already got all the shit I want. <laughs> nice. So, but, yeah. um, Anyway, I just saying I like feedback and I like to hear from anybody else if they have, you know, some opinions. I, I, t- I take constructive criticism just fine. So um, whatever. Bring it. Bring it. I like to know if I'm talking too much because sometimes I think Scotty's talking too damn much. So who knows? That's, that's a fact, man. I'm known for it, man. <laughs> you know, man. Just I w- wait, wait, wait. Just no, wait. Uh, 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 no. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> I will say that uh, we are working on some monetization things, man. If you see, we've been doing the show for about two years now. I use it as a vehicle to promote my recharge product, which you guys have been super supportive of. So I'm, I'm super happy with it. But we are trying to make this thing stand on its own two feet. Hey, come on. Grow analogies. We are trying to get this show really to get it to set it set its roots deep. Don't stand on our own two feet. Come on. Whoa, man. Whoa. But anyway, man, so we've been working on some monetization things over there. You'll see some uh, a bunch of banners going on and whatnot. And, uh, man, we kind of did struggle with this. We wanted to make sure that our loyalty was to the uh, the listeners, to the crew. And I started thinking about it. And for me to educate myself on all sorts of different products out there and when applicable, uh, tell you all about them and how to use them and what their benefit is. I don't see that as being a, a bad thing for the crew, man. I kind of think it as being an asset. I know I got one of those guys over at Way to Grow that I can ask him anything and he can always tell me the answer, you know, or, or what it's used for. And I'm like, okay, cool, man. I appreciate it. His name's guy's name's Cody. Shout out to you. He actually won our uh, DGC Cup, man. He's the kind of guy you can say, hey, man, what's the difference between BioBiz and uh, Nectar for the Gods, man? You know, which one do you like better? You know, you like those uh, Radiant Hoods better or you like the Magnemate hoods better. How come? You know, so it, it takes a bit of studying to do that, and it takes a little bit of, uh, you know, commitment to product, man. So, yeah, you might find us talking a little bit more about some products, man, and recommending some products, the things that we think are legit. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of what, what we'll be doing to pay the bills. I think it's a benefit to the community, man. You know, I think that knowing about stuff and being able to properly recommend it is, is going to end up serving everybody, man. And it all just goes back to, to fund the DGC, man, the, the community effort, bro. So I ain't got no problem with it. I sleep well at night. Yeah, I'm going to be strictly monitoring the people, the <laughs> the companies, the stuff. Anyway, I'm, I don't want to get into it, but yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I just want to let people know where we're up to, man. Y'all are our crew, man, and we appreciate y'all sticking with us and uh, growing with us, man. How do you like that, brother? <laughs> I like that. It's the fact, if you've been listening to us all along, ain't nothing changing anyway. We've been talking about shit since the beginning as far as products and nutrients and things in this industry, so it's all good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're just starting, starting to get to the point where uh, we're garnering the attention of some uh, 
of some sponsors and nobody too big, but yeah, like like an optic foliar type thing, man. I love being able to promote optic foliar, man. That is good shit. And I love being, you know, having access to it, being able to hook the crew up with a bunch of samples, man. So it's win-win for everybody. So more of that kind of stuff coming. All right, well, then let's get to what's growing on and enjoy uh, Brown Dirt Warrior here. Me and Scotty just talking all kinds of shit about what's growing on up in the B.C. area. Yes, and I tried not to interrupt him. I learned my lesson. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, we'll be back in a few. Enjoy. All right. What's up, everybody? Hanging out here. We're having a grower sit-in with Brown Dirt Warrior, man, one of our, our listeners, one of the DGC of the Dude Grow Show said, hey, you guys got to check this guy out up in BC. OG grower up there. How's it going, man? You there, you there, Mr. Warrior? I call him Brown Dirt myself, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm there, guys. How's it going? Great, Awesome. Man. Scotty's done a little bit more research than me. Brown Dirt Warrior's got an unbelievable great collection of videos. If you want to learn how to grow indoors and out, I really love the outdoor videos, though. But we're going to get into some of the history there up in British Columbia today. Hopefully, Brown Dirt, if you know, if you want to talk a little on on what's currently happening in Canada as well, we'd love to get your opinion on the politics and what's going on up there. It seems like it, from what we're hearing in the media, really good stuff. And uh, yeah, Scotty, why don't you uh, get into it and uh, let's let's get having the grower sitting, man. I'm with it. I'm with it. So yeah, man, Brown Dirt, uh, I originally... He came to my attention through Fino, and uh, he was telling me this this guy was really one of the originals, man. I call him, I call him the OG of the BC, man, because he was up in Brown, <laughs> I, like Brown Dirt, I, I, I won't talk too much about you in front of you, man, but so you were uh, <laughs> you, you were one of the originators of the BC movement. Huh? I'll call it one of the founders, I'll say. You, tell me how that started, man. How, how did Give me the history. Man, I hear so much about the history of OG. I want to hear about the history of BC, man. How did it all start, man? Well, you know, it's quite long and varied, but I'll try to give you sort of the, the, the broad strokes of it. Don't mind um, if I smoke. You know, I talk. mean, it really started going, yeah, well, the 90s uh, is when it really, the early 90s, when it really started to take off. Uh, but it, it was kind of brewing, as it were, before that with, uh, you know, um, actually, ironically, it began with uh, um, American Drop Dodgers back in the day from the Vietnam era that came up and they're in the Gulf Islands here off the coast of, uh, of British Columbia. And uh, they they used to ply their trade, uh, you know, growing their herb, as it were. And, uh, you know, these guys actually started to farm out their, you know, their, their techniques and, and whatnot uh, to the locals over time. And uh, those were the humble beginnings of the movement. Yeah, man. I just want to ask you real quick, man. You said in the 70s, um, was the weed i saw a poster from uh, 1977 and it was totally swag man it looked like the weed was swag it was the weed swag back then was it good what was 1977 weed like man well you know 1977 weed was certainly before <laughs> my time no, but, as far as far as you know well, that, being that's active. The, yeah but you're saying the vietnam draft dodgers and whatnot were grow you know you're saying in the late 70s you know any idea well you know uh, certainly it has evolved over time. It had evolved over time. I mean, you know, there are strains here in Canada, like, you know, Texada Time Warp, for example, which was a legacy of Texada Island. And that had its humble beginnings back in those days. And, you know, it became sort of legendary here. It was an outdoor strain, very hardy one. And it was, you know, for its time period, I mean, you know, each brand and each, you know, generation of marijuana, it's had its period, right? I mean, it even happens now. You know, depending on where the technology is and how far along the art and craft of growing uh, has, you know, moved along. But, you know, in those days, uh, you know, 
I mean, if you would compare it against marijuana of today, certainly it wouldn't really stack up. But, uh, you know, there was some uh, there was some pretty good, I think, varieties in those days. But, you know, certainly where it's come now uh, today, it's it's a completely different, completely different ballgame altogether in terms of the genetics and the breeding and, uh, you know, where people have brought it. Yeah, man, I just, I just haven't uh, haven't talked to too many guys that, that have been in the game since, uh, you know, I, I got in in the early 90s. And, you know, any reference before that, man, is kind of. You know, a little bit mysterious, man. Anecdotal, as we'll say, man. So definitely trying to learn about. I was True. really, I was really shocked to see uh, that that it was like the top forty strains or something like that of 1977, and they were like barely even budding. You know what I mean? It was like loose, kind of leafy, weird looking stuff, man. So it's just shocking to me. And I just wanted to ask you, brother. That's all. Yeah. I will not interrupt, man. Keep going, brother. No, no, it's it's okay. Feel free to ask you know any any kind of questions you want. I mean, in terms of that era and that time period. Um, when did you get into the game? Well, you know, I started in the early '90s. Um, you know, quite by by uh, fluke, uh, a friend of mine was uh, you know looking for a partner to uh, you know to get out there and do some growing. And, and in those days, it was very very closeted, very taboo. And, um, you know, there was no BC movement. There was no marijuana movement, in quotations, per There se. was Amsterdam, though, man. I used to go take trips over to Amsterdam, go visit what was the uh, uh, Sensi Seed Bank, man. They were, they were going off, man, offering some real strains in the very early 90s. Oh, yes, for sure. But, I mean, in terms of the reference to here, right. like, you know, like what was going on within the, the BC movement. Got it. Um, it, it was, you know... Uh, I mean, the whole evolution of it, as I say, it began, you know, with the, the American thing. And then they began to, you know, sort of farm out their, their, their techniques to the locals. And then uh, people, Canadians started getting involved with it here in B.C., started to breed, whatnot, and get big commercial grows going outside in the wilderness. And um, that's sort of where it kind of took hold at that point and, and you know, made a lot of guys, uh, you know, did quite well by it you know, for, for a period of time. And then of course, uh, all good things come to an end as it were. And once the word sort of got out and the cat was out of the bag, as it were, um, you know, the, the whole dynamic started to change and it started to become more and more difficult to do because people were getting caught doing it. And, you know, it became issue, you know, issue number one really with law enforcement and, uh, you know, became a, basically a spectator sport, you know, to get out there and, and bag, outdoor marijuana growers and so that's what that was the evolution of it being uh pushed indoors that's when people started to go inside and start doing the, the hydroponic thing and whatnot yeah was I mean, when it was it was just wasn't viable anymore to do but they were big there were huge big commercial outdoor grows going on before like during the golden era during the, the heyday of the whole thing and um you know there was big big being produced and then lo and behold it becomes like the subject of the six o'clock news you know the helicopters flying over you know the nets pulling out of the woods you know the big fires the bonfires where they're burning it and uh you know and then the rest was just kind of history in terms of how uh, the viability of it just you know went away it became like you know not a not a, not a viable option at all for guys to go out there commercially sure uh, and and do it but in, in the mid '90s, man, I'm from from South Florida, and all you know, we used to have you know homegrown crypto, which we, that's what we call it. But just crypto. some, yeah, just some uh, you know bright green. Somebody grew it, you know, within a hundred mile radius of where you're standing, and then all of a sudden, man, you know, that was you know 
fairly, you know, really expensive, I'll say, very high grade. And then came these mid-grade BCs, I'll say, that looked like looked like dank chronic that was just treated like a commercial product. Yeah, you man, know, you reminded me just when you said, you know, the dank the BC bud. When I first, I didn't start growing until two thousand and three. And then uh, me and Scotty had a snowboard trip up in Whistler in like 99 and went out, you know, and I was still, I was, I still hadn't moved out to Colorado then. I was used to getting some, you know, Midwest herb. And then I lived in Florida for just a little bit, but dear God, we were just, of course, loving it up there. I mean, it's so easy to find some good bud up in Whistler, up by the resort and all that. And when we got that bag of just, I was like, guys, it's like white. It's like, look at this. Like, unbelievable. It was beautiful, and, man. <laughs> And I am actually, I'm growing, one of my favorite strains now is the Island Sweet Skunk, which I did some research. I think that's been growing out on uh, Vancouver Island, maybe. I'm not sure. Yes, yes. But, um, man, yeah, there's just so much. My, my brain's kind of overwhelming with all the all the good uh, content, all the stuff we keep talking about. But I had to chime in on my first experience with the BC Bud up there. It's well, unbelievable. Here, so here's what I want to know. Those beautiful BC Buds we got up there, dude. Was that outdoor or was that indoor? By the time 2001, were, is this after all the growers were actually pushed indoor? Because I'll be – this looked like – what we were getting in South Florida looked like an indoor product, man. Yeah, well, you know, as far as the outdoor thing goes, um, you know, it's got a bad rap, let's face it, that has in the past worldwide. You know, people talk about swag, even made reference, you know um, – as a result of the indoor industry and the breeding going in like that, as it were in Amsterdam, BC and the triangle, all the places that are really, really popular. Right. All the, all the focus because of prohibition, let it be known, uh, you know, everything was driven inside. And so that's where the focus went and that's where the breeding went. But now what you see happening, and I'm at the forefront of this in my, my breeding uh, program is that you see it starting to go back into greenhouse and, uh, you know, soon to be out, outdoors a lot more as well. The bag appeal is changing, everything, the profiles, you know, the, the THC content, like everything, the cannabinoids, whatever, the, the, everything to do with it is becoming more and more uh, like like indoors simply because people are realizing the viability of the outdoor product in terms of being grown under the sun and the potency and all the benefits that sort of, you know, go along with that. So as far as the quality goes, indoor versus outdoor and what you may or may not be getting, they're the, some of the stuff now that's coming out of greenhouses and that is just absolutely phenomenal in terms of bag appeal and all these, you know, sort of the, the, the homozygous alleles that you're looking for in these, and, and the donor stock and the, the breeding stock that guys are using now. Homo what? So there's big things going on in that front. I'm very, very excited about it. And, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that I see coming out to this one called teacup, it's uh, grown here in the valley and you look at it in the bag appeal, you're not asking whether it's indoor or outdoor, you're saying, how do I get more of it? You know, it's just like <laughs> really, it's just amazing, amazing stuff that's happening. So big wake up call happening here. Lots and lots of changes going on and all directly related to, to prohibition, ironically enough. Yeah, let's talk, man. You said that you've seen because I was just in, in L.A. last week, man, and I was looking. There's a lot of outdoor harvest that came down, a lot of greenhouse harvest that came down and it looked good. It was great, delicious pot, man. But I didn't see anything that rivaled some of the best indoor that I had seen. Tell me about your experiences up there. Are you finding it different? Well, I just feel that it's going in by my own personal experience that, uh, you know, it's moving in that direction in terms of it will, uh, you know, supersede the indoor thing eventually once, you know, the focus becomes more concentrated in that arena, in that area in terms of commercial viability. You know, when you got the legal thing going on, 
Now people are getting very, very interested in doing, uh, you know, greenhouse stuff, you know, whether for, I mean, certainly here in Canada, it's, it's really big on the, the extract, uh, you know, a front, not only for, you know, in terms of selling medical marijuana in, in quotations. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, as far as doing the extracts and that, it's already, there's big projects that are underway there. But uh, uh, guys are ramping up now and they're, and they're getting their, their varieties out there uh, that are, uh, you know, just absolutely beautiful stuff to smoke, to look at. All the qualities of it, like I say, are, are really, really um, getting up to snuff with the indoor. And it's, it's not there yet in terms of the, the public, you know, sort of knowledge and that. But behind the scenes, you know, in the back channels where the breeding is going on and what's actually coming out, what guys are experimenting with and stuff like that. And working towards, you know, believe me, it's it's the future, like unquestionably the future. As as prohibition subsides and, and goes away, you know, people are going to want their marijuana grown under the sun. That's just the way it's going to ultimately go. And it's all the only thing standing between is the genetics. You know, it really is because uh, that's where the focus is going to go. And and we're going to see a lot of really great stuff. I mean, the indoor thing here up in Canada, like. You know, uh, dude was saying is, you know, really quite spectacular. There's some great, great stuff happening. But, uh, you know, I, I think uh, the, the day is coming and it's not too far off where you're going to see that whole that whole shift, that paradigm shift happen. Well, what do you I'm curious. Um, I watched some of your videos. Uh, there's a one, you know, you're talking about, you know, where the, the, the helicopters come. And I like it. you actually had a little uh Tom Petty jam. And I think one of the lyrics in there you might live by from looking at you're in, you know, great fitness cannabis user and i was chuckling when tom petty's like he goes i don't know what i've been told and then you never slow down you never grow old and then you're out there working um but (laughs) nice um well yeah we can ask that real quick because i was curious uh how old are you if you don't mind me asking uh 55 55 and this man looks like he's in unbelievably great shape and how much can i ask you how much cannabis you you use a day are you an avid smoker do you vape (laughs) Because I'm, I'm just trying to break some stereotypes. Yeah. It? Yeah, no, well, that's, that's a good way of, of putting it. And that really is kind of in my whole shtick anyway. It's kind of busting the stereotypes. Sure. I mean, as far as my legacy and what I want to walk away with at the end of the day, my whole thing is about, you know what? Uh, you know, people you, people that smoke marijuana are not necessarily, you know, burnout couch potatoes kind, kind of uh, chronic guys. You know, they're, they're from all walks of life. The doctors do it. Lawyers do it. Athletes do it. I mean, I smoke, I've smoked like really good pure sativas and, and trained, you know, it's a little more problematic when you're into the Indicas and you need this sort of the couch lock thing Sure. As, yeah. far as, as far as being drawn out and stuff like that. But, you know, um, I, because of my whole stick with the, with the athletic thing and the fitness aspect of it, which has always been a part of my life anyways, even before, and it's the same with the filmmaker thing as well. I mean, you know, let like me break I, down real quick, your, your athleticness guys, it's like basically if you just are seeing some of the shots, you know, where you're, you're, you're hucking around the big old bales of pro mix and things like that. And you didn't see your head at all. It's like, I don't know. Am I looking at Rambo here? Um, <laughs> you know, a guy in his late twenties or whatever, or what's going on. So I, I just want to say props to you. I definitely believe in, uh, keep trying to keep as fit as possible. And I think cannabis is good with it. And I am a definitely Island sweet skunk is my, my go-to, uh, before I go to the gym herb. So, um, but yeah, oh, that's nice. definitely awesome. Yeah, and there's, a, and there's a whole thing behind that, too. I mean, I'm to answer your question, I mean, I'm kind of an on-again, off-again guy. Uh, I've had my moments, you know, like I go, this, I had a few funny stories, but then it's nutrients, you know, sent me over to Canada's Cup, and I'd been off it for a while. And, uh, 
you know, for about a year. Cause I go through these intervals where I'll smoke and then I won't smoke. And then I'll yeah. kind of be like a, a, you know, an everyday kind of guy. So there's no real sort of rhyme or reason to it, but it just speaks to the whole thing where they say, yeah, you get addicted to that stuff. It's not really the case. I mean, you get habituated to it perhaps, but it's not sure. like a physiological addiction. If you know what I'm saying, it's more of yeah. a, like a, it's more of a psychological hard habit kind of a thing. As far as I'm concerned, your body doesn't like it really wired to it where you like heroin or something where you're jonesing and you can't get off it like cigarettes right. or tobacco. So there's a lot, I want to bust a lot of that mythology as well, but I mean, I'm, I'm a living case of, you know, like I'll go uh, my periods where I, I'll be off for long periods of time, but you know, and then I end up in Europe at the cannabis cup and all these cameras are trained on me and my counterparts like Ramo and the boys are all around and they're smoking these goddamn big freaking stogies and shit right and <laughs> i seen like, the way okay, he Robert, shows up you go, shows right? up with the cooper man you know we're like live at five and it's like the cat and i know it's going to be all over youtube with millions of people seeing it and they're like well come on take your head you know, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's see how I, you know a rounder hits on it kind of a thing right Oh, yeah, totally. oh, I was just going to say real quick, man, the problem with cannabis, as, as you describe it, is that it goes well with a lot of things. You know what I mean? It goes well with exercise. It goes well with doing boring, menial work, man. It goes well with skateboarding and extreme sports. Uh, it also goes incredibly well with being a couch potato. You know, so there's a lot of couch potatoes out there, man. And so that's, I think that they use weed, they they enjoy cannabis, and it gets a bad rap from that. I think a lot of times, man. Those are that's like the the vocal majority, man. It's kind of oh, fucked yeah, up. For sure. Yeah. One more here before I know Scotty's got some more questions. I hope you, let us know if you got you know I don't know how much time you have. Brown no, no, it's all good. You guys fire away. How's it? How's what's happening in Canada going to affect the grower? How, the outdoor grower? Are there going to still be you know outdoor gorilla grows all over the states below you guys are legalizing? Um, it sounds like you're doing from my you know partial ignorance here. I haven't read a ton of news, but you guys are going to come out of prohibition. Um, you know, is it? Oh, is the government only going to be allowed to grow? Or can these other guys grow? Or, yeah, what's going on with all that? Well, you know, it's been a, certainly an evolutionary process. Um, you know, like I'm a, a, a licensed producer myself here now. I'm, I'm with a group of guys oh, here awesome. in Canada. Yeah, I don't know if you're very familiar with our program, but, you know. The, we are not. Yeah, the LP program is all sanctioned by the Canadian government. And, uh, you know, there's only been a handful of licenses that have been given out to produce medical marijuana commercially. Um, and so I'm involved in, in uh a program like that and uh so that's kind of where it's going i don't know i mean i just think i can almost see my work as far as the gorilla aspect of it's kind of being uh historical you know a historical piece where people will look back on it one day and go oh this is what it used to be like you know this is what they you know this is what prohibition was like and yeah and, you know and the younger generations will be fascinated by it they'll be smoking their tailor-mades you know uh, watching watching the old brown like my grandkids watching the old brown dirt videos and going wow really granddad like that's how you used to get your pot i know like, it's like you used to slug out in the woods with, with you know with bales and shit and cops are chasing you in helicopters like dude that's archaic like that's that's insanity that you, you'd be like this al capone character or something you know <laughs> unbelievable hey guys what we're talking about is prohibition and you can find it over was it brown dirt warriors the name of your channel is that that's right correct. yeah one word one word brown dirt warrior yes brown dirt warrior and prohibition i think you got it cut up into a bunch of you know you made like 15 or 16 different videos out of it is that right a bunch of chapters yes. kind of yeah and it's cool man it is really cool so go check that out and now what year was that filmed 
Well, that was put on, you know, uh, on uh, YouTube back in the beginning in 07, right when uh, uh, streaming video content sort of came into vogue. So it was, right. one of the, it was sort of a confluence of elements that, that took place there in terms of, the, um, you know, sort of my my uh, coming out as, as uh, you know, a filmmaker and as a grower and with YouTube um, coming sort of online right at that time when I was ready to post-produce my film. And so all of a sudden I had this venue, this ready-made venue where like, wow, I can start putting this, slapping this stuff up on the internet and streaming it and people can watch it. And I don't need a middleman or I don't need a production company, you know, a studio, or I don't need this, you know what I mean? Have gatekeepers or anybody that can kind of, can kind of prop it up there and it can stand or fall on its own merits. And so I was really quite excited about that. So I got busy and started putting it up there episodically because you couldn't stream large, you know, uh, amounts of content in those days, even though, even though it was only SD quality. So I broke it up episodically. It was a feature length production and I started slapping up there. It took me about a year. And by the time I got all the episodes up there, it, it, uh, gathered a following in the millions. And I caught your so, voice was changed in one, uh, probably a few that's videos. That's prohibition, baby. So you were, you were so, I mean, obviously, I won't say paranoid, but you were just covering every base you could. I assume down to like you got some rogue IP address you're uploading to YouTube Look, from. I don't know, but. Uh, just re real quick, man. Did you hear he was interviewing Mark Emery in the thing, and Mark Emery saying, "I'm going to jail. My lawyers tell me I'm going to jail." That's the thing's called prohibition, and this is it's fucking serious. Back in the day, man, you got caught. You know, it was it was against the government, man. You know, they were there was the government that was putting your ass in jail. So I get it, man. Yeah, well, you know, to answer your question, dude, uh, you know, it became more politicized. People don't realize it, but it took me nine years to make the film because of prohibition and quotations. Like that, you know, I, I started out, it was going to be a sort of a romanticized portraiture of what it was like to be an outdoor pot farmer, sort of playing your own, you know, plowing your own furrows in life and kind of, you know, living off the grid and, you know, whatever, making it happen for yourself. And then sure. it just, as time progressed, it became more difficult for me to make and all of the climate as it was changing and shifting it became more politicized. So what I began with wasn't what I finished with. Um, and uh, so, but the evolution of it was it became more politicized as I went on because it was a dynamic piece. I would just go out there collecting my material and going, okay, here's a rough idea of what I'm trying to do here, day in the life of the gorilla grower, right? And then just because of all the shit and drama that I went through trying to make the gosh darn thing, um, it just, you know, it became more politicized. And as it got more fed up and more, you know, realizing, holy shit, I can't get this movie made simply because of the fact that what I'm doing is cloak and dagger and illegal and quasi this and that and kind of, you know, de facto legal and whatever, whatever you know, term you want to put to it. Right. Uh, all roads led to prohibition, essentially. And that's how the name, because that wasn't the working title in the beginning. But that ended up being the title in the end, because really, uh, you know, it was uh, all about that. And so, yeah, there, it was there was an evolution. Like in the beginning, when I was trying to, uh, you know, put a trailer together, and I was going around to these, these different production houses and trying to get some professional work titling and stuff like that done on it. And it, it was a task because it was so taboo. It was like, you know, where do I go to this? I, I'd go to a studio. I'd look one up and I'd say, hmm, does this guy look cool? Like, is he 420 friendly? You know, he's like, this is right. <laughs> these, are the quest these are the questions I'm asking myself as I'm trying to get professional work done on my film. And so, you know, it went from that all the way to, you know, where it ultimately ended up, uh, you know, where I had, you know, I mean, directing Tommy Chong and Mark Emery and 
having these uh, you know pod uh, luminaries in my my film. So there was a great evolution went on over this nine year period of trying to put this thing together in terms of the climate, the political climate, in terms of how I was sort of evolving and changing myself in terms of my attitude, you know, towards growing. So, uh, you know, it was quite a, an epoch, as it were, in a, in a process. Man, so when, when did you really think that uh, you saw, you started to see changes, you know, as far as in, in, you know, I mean, like I said, they're locked Mark Emery up for years, man, for slinging seats. That is really frightening, man. When And now it seems like things have, I mean, what is with you got you guys elected uh, a new guy that's totally pro pot. Can you tell us about that? How, how you think it's going to change or what do you, what changes you expect? Yeah, that's yeah. where it is now. I mean, we had the conservative government before, and of course, they were the ones that implemented the current LP program, as it were, and as far as the medical license thing that they, that's been going on for years as well. But now with the new liberal government, part of the platform of, of uh, Trudeau uh, has been to legalize marijuana. So the, the climate is currently, typically with marijuana, though, in my experience, I'm sure you found it there as well, is it's always going to have been a one step forward, two steps back kind of thing. Like, you know, once the movement started getting really fired up here with the, the town criers like the Emery's of the world, you right. know, next thing you know, he's being thrown in an American gulag for five years for selling seeds over the Internet. You know, so, you know, it's kind of been forward, backward, forward, backward. But the trend has been progressive, which is good, because as our culture, Western culture becomes more liberalized, uh, people are more tolerant. You know, it's just the way things are going. Uh, so that's good news in that regard because people, you know, are sick and tired. Not, you know, nobody, it's such a tired argument about, you know, le- you know, you almost don't even want to talk about it anymore in terms of, well, you know what, it doesn't hurt anybody and show us the bodies. And those arguments are so, you know, they're so tired now. It's like, you know, we're so beyond that now. It's like, you know, live and let live. Look at nobody's dying from this. It's medicine to people. Doctors do it. Lawyers do it. You know, get over it. And so yeah. that's that's the trend. That's the way it's going. And if we can get sort of if we can have the, the liberal governments on both sides of our, our border at the same time, which we kind of do now. But who knows for how long uh, we'll see it open up. You know, we'll see it open up more and more and more as time goes on. And, uh, you know, these days will be will be ancient history. Yeah, for real. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I can't wait to just when we can treat cannabis like they like, like we treat tomatoes, you know, uh, I'm into it, man. Nice, man. Uh, what what do you got, dude? What do I got? Um, I mean, we could get in. I wouldn't mind getting just into a little bit of the grow aspect um, slightly as far as, you know, just get a couple tips. You had a good article um, uh, I saw over Big, Big Buds Mag, and it was titled, let's see here. Come on, computer scroll. Are you a good grower or are you a poor grower, I believe? Um, yeah, are you a good grower or poor grower? The browner or will tell you. And you just broke down, man, just some of the things about – um, when you got to get behind the, you know, the eight ball, when you got to make shit happens, what are some some failures I guess you've seen, or just some general grow tips for people to succeed that are wanting to pull this off, um, indoors or out? I guess you know, we still got most listeners I'd say are on the indoor garden, but that's that's changing every every season. So yeah, well, I think the primary principles are the same inside or outside in terms of botany. Go, I mean, uh, you know, I often say this in my my consulting sessions is that. Um, you know, commerce and, and, and marijuana make strange bedfellows. You know, if you're in the game for to make money and not for the love of it, I know it kind of sounds cliche, but you're you're apt to, to lose. You're kind of setting yourself up for failure because, uh, you know, plant biology is on its own schedule. You know, it, it has its own mandate of what it wants to do. And if you're going to try to rush things and push things to suit yourself, 
uh, versus the biology, you're probably setting yourself up for failure. And I think a lot of problems circle around that. I see a lot of times, uh, you know, it's all business to a lot of guys. You know, they don't really like the botany per se or the love of the plant. You know, I know like great growers are not necessarily commercial guys. You know, the green thumb guys, they go out, they stare at their plants. They're always looking at them. You know, they're going into the room <laughs> even when they don't have to. You know what sure. I mean? Sure. Yeah, like, it's oh, not a model of efficiency, oh, cool. man. Yeah, it's like, oh, new leaf. You know, like they're checking it out, right? And they're looking in there. They're fascinated by the biology and by and by marijuana itself. And I think if you've got that going on, that love going on, um, it's going to ultimately bode well for you in terms of, you know, being a grower. Uh, I see some of these commercial guys who call themselves master growers. You're going to get these big setups going on, and they're very, very regimented about what they do. And a lot of times these guys run into lots of problems just because they're they're trying to stuff their agendas down the, the plant's throat, as it were, right? And trying to do, <laughs> get get their turnaround time, you know, faster and whatnot. Yeah, I that's love cool it. as shit, though. I love that. Though, In this though. article, the plant said, is not responding to my agenda. The plant yeah. is driven by its own biological agenda, not by the growers. And that's a point you made in this article, which is a really good point. And I always say, like you said, you know, spending time just looking at your plants. One of my sayings on the show is when people have questions about feeding and nutrient programs, I'm like, obviously, you can look at a feed chart. But, man, you really you really got – and it can be tricky for even an experienced grower, no problem. But you got to be able to, like, open the door to that grow room, walk through once, look at the canopy. I always try to, like, t get my eyes on my plants before I mix up my nutrients in case I see something they're telling me. Um, it's not like, you're just, oh, this is week seven. I know it needs this. No, go in there. And look at your plants and get a feel. How I mean, I can even say like, how aggressive do they look to me? Like, are they ready for this? This as much as I'm about to give them. And it takes a while to to really learn what the plants are looking like at you. But uh, that's one of the things I really like to do. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, in fact, you, you're trying to recreate nature is what you know you're trying to do there. So um, there's a large intuitive aspect of things as well, where um, you know a lot of time you're trying to mitigate because let's face it, it's such an unnatural environment for for the, for the biology and for the plant when you got lightings and ventilation and you know temperature and humidity because all these things you're doing is basically nature takes care of itself in the real world but now we're kind of playing god and going in there and, and you know tinkering and trying to, to to make it work to our advantage so you have to tread lightly through that world i think and you know really be really ultra sensitive to what's really going on there with with the biology and if you kind of take that path in the beginning then everything else kind of falls sort of into place behind it because it's a grand principle that you live by. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. And it, it gives you that mindset as it were, when you're going in there uh, to really be observing the plant and, uh, you know, asking yourself, is this specimen vibrant or these specimens or whatnot, you know, are they vibrant? Are they robust? You know, am I getting the full potential of this particular, you know, genetic, if it's something that you've been working for, you know, a lot of guys, they change up a lot too with genetics and stuff like that. Uh, a lot and of course you know which certainly plays a role as well you know in terms of what the uptakes for the plants are and stuff like that some are more sensitive some less uh and so they're you know they're kind of uh you know learning on the fly as it were about the different uh, genetics and, and how temperamental they are and whatnot but uh you know that notwithstanding you really have to be uh you know observing being 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 an observer of what's going on with your plant being yeah. resistant to that and, what do you so got? That's, Go ahead. Sorry. I think I broke up. You broke up there. Uh, I was just going to get into, I'm curious what you, I mean, you said you got that LP license now. What's, what's, what's the future with you? Are, are we going to see it back um, doing some stuff on YouTube? You just focusing on, you know, your growing aspects and trying to keep everything in your grow or, or what are you going to have going on or growing on? Well, you know, that's, 
that's a, that's a great question. That's a beautiful question, actually, because, you know, it kind of feeds into where my whole content thing is going, because now it's going to be going to another level with the, the bud porn, as it were, because um, <laughs> we're going into a legal environment now. Okay, nice. You see Browner doing the gorilla thing outside. Then you see him doing the medical license thing inside. And now the natural evolution for me is in the big commercial legal environment where I can go in there and apply my, my craft and trade, as it were, and create really super compelling content that nobody's really doing in that environment where you're growing tonnage. You know, you yeah. get the tonnage and you get the Browner brand going on in there. And you're going in and showing how it's done commercially, uh, legally. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that that stage, that, that, that new stage of the whole progression of my work, because I mean, really when you look at it from 07 on forward, it's, it's kind of a, a, a chronicle of how I've developed as an artist, as a grower or whatnot. And so the logical sort of progression of it is, well, where do I go from here? Well, I go into the huge legal market, you know, and so that's kind of came my way. And uh, now uh, coming up here, because, you know, you'll, you've seen a lack of my, I haven't really posted anything in a while because I've been gearing up and putting these things in place and getting um, all the, the stuff ready to go. So that when I get in there with the, with the cameras now, with my, my guys, uh, we're going to be shooting some absolutely spectacular stuff, of, you know, just done in the grand grounder tradition where it's just going to, you know, I mean, shooting marijuana is, you know, it's easy in one sense, but in another sense, it's not because it's a plant at the end of the day, you know, and green on green. Yeah. Like you're shooting a plant at the end of the day. So to make it compelling can be challenging depending on how you look at it. I mean, you know, if guys are growers and they're going, wow, look at those big buds. That's sort of a no-brainer in that regard. But uh, to make, you know, it's just compelling from just an entertainment standpoint, which I try to do because, my, you know, I mean, infotainment is kind of what I do. I educate a little bit. You know, I, I entertain a little bit, you know, chuck sure. it up a little bit. People laugh. People are entertained. And they learn a little something, too. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a combo of those elements. So now where it's going to go is, you know, just seeing insane amounts of marijuana in one place at one time grown out to the absolute, you know, highest of its form. Like that's basically where it's going to be going now. So I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah, it's going definitely. to take a little while, as they say. Yeah, sure. that's a good content. Yeah, you know, it's not easy. People, you know, it's not too easy. It's like another job when you got to document everything and make all the videos. But it is a pleasure to see, you know, when you have a good channel going and feel like you're helping people and just getting it out there because you can because there's still plenty of people that need to learn how to grow that don't have any help in prohibition areas so absolutely breeding is big too like breeding is big for me i've been breeding for 25 years i got some spectacular i'm doing a series on breeding going to educate the public Uh, i'm trying to bring that all back in line I, i think that whole industry is in a bit of disarray in terms of all everybody on the block is doing it now and stuff like that and genetics are getting watered down uh, you know, there's a lot of fakery going on out there and people get sort of burned. I hate to say it. Right. And, uh, so that I want to make a big contribution there. I'm going to be doing a, a really good, informative, entertaining series on breeding, what makes good breeding, what makes bad breeding, what to look out for, you know, what to try to find and sort of educate in that regard as well. So that's going to be some pretty cool stuff, too. Oh, heck yeah. Looking forward to it, man. Definitely looking forward to it. Real, you know, real quick, I don't ever think we told the story, though. You you went to film school, right, And originally, and then that's where you learned to grow? That's correct, yes. Uh, actually, <laughs> when I got started, a friend of mine uh, took me, uh, called me up. Uh, at the time, I was a, a struggling uh, writer, and uh, he knew I wanted to, you know, to break out into the film industry and that sort of thing. It was right around when I was uh, starting to get into film school. And, uh, you know, he wanted me to come out and grow with him. That was the premise. 
He says, come on out. You know, he was showing me he drew a nap on a napkin at the local pub. He put an X on it and he looked around to make sure no one was looking. He says, it's right, he says, it's right here. And I said, what's right there? He goes, he looks around again, my pot. He says, I want you to come out and do a documentary, man. Do a documentary on growing. And I, to me, it's just a big question mark went up over my head. I'm like, huh? Like, I didn't get it at all in those days. I did not get it. But he's like, you know, <laughs> he's crunching some numbers and saying, I'm making this and I'm making that. And I'm like, wow, dude, uh, geez, I'm a struggling filmmaker. That sounds like a pretty cool profession for me. <laughs> so, you know, I jumped in. He says, well, yeah, why don't you come partner with me? I'm getting rid of the guy I got now. And he says, uh, you know, uh, we can go out there and you can document or whatnot. I said, yeah, great. Even though I had no intention of, of documenting it, I just wanted to make the, you know, the money so I could get myself to film school. <laughs> right so that's on. how it started. And we partnered for a few years and uh, we did a thing. I got my apprenticeship and then I uh, was going through film school and stuff like that. And I broke out on my own after, and lo and behold, as I was, you know, as my graduate project from film school, now all of a sudden the BC Bud movement, like it was all over the big three networks in the states, and it was right. We were getting, and Mark Emery was kind of coming into vogue at the time, where he was up there in his bully pulpit doing his thing, and so all, all eyes were on, you know, marijuana was suddenly on the center stage, right as I was graduating from film school. So the light bulb went off then, and I went, "There's my graduate project, right there." make a movie about the grill of grower because I knew it, you know, it was my thing. I knew it. I knew it. And, and I wanted to get up there and apply my craft. So I started doing that. And I had a bit of, uh, you know, credit and documentary film writing at that particular time. I had a few feature length movies option by production houses, uh, you know. Uh, and so I had somewhat experience. I didn't really know how, how much sort of gift or talent I had at that particular time. But nevertheless, I was, you know, full of piss and vinegar. And I wanted to go out there and make my make my mark, as it were. And so... Off I went, you know, off I went to do it. You know, the technology came online, SD, you know, handheld portable camcorders. You know, I was licking my chops over that, going, holy right. cow, I can, <laughs> I can make yeah. a broadcast signal and carry it in one hand and have a bail in my other hand. You know, this, this, <laughs> like, this is fantastic, right? Like a slug through the bush. So I went out and I rented $200 a day. I rented the camera, you know, without them knowing I was going out and grill a pot farming. You know, they thought I was making some weird ass Cinderella documentary or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and here I was going out into the bush doing this really super illegal clandestine thing with their camera. Yeah, know, don't leave your SD card in there, man. Like coming, well, it was, it was videotape, dude. Those oh, shit. Yeah, it was digital tape. Those little tiny digital tapes. But guess what? You could put them on your computer, man, and you could edit them. Like you could, you didn't even have to go anywhere. You didn't have to show anybody. You know, you could just sit in the, you know, the corner of your room, completely anonymous, and edit the thing together. That is know? unbelievable. That is the real revolution, ready to man. The world. So, so technology played in. So there was the three elements: was the technology, there was the movement, and there was me uh, coming of age. So those thing, three things kind of conspired together to finally pop the Browner Warrior out on the back end, and then the rest was kind of history from there. Love it, man. Love it. Pretty damn good introduction, huh, dude? Yeah, definitely, definitely dig. We'll have to yeah. see if uh, you want to hop back on and a grower sit in sometime. I'm sure you're gonna have your hands full um, doing the growing, all the documenting you're gonna have going on. It, if where's your? Are you just right in Vancouver or? Oh, I'm in the beautiful sunny Okanagan Valley. Okay. Uh, it's wine country here. Don't know if you know much about this area, but it's uh, kind of the fruit belt. It's a beautiful, beautiful area. Some world class wine being made here. Great for the growing, for the greenhouse and the outdoor thing. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the areas our, our buddy uh, Dinesh from uh, – he has he's up there with Optic Foliar, and he said he had tested a bunch of his sprays on some grapes and stuff. So it must be around that area. 
Yeah, it's just a beautiful kind of microclimate here called the Okanagan Valley. I'm in a place called Kelowna. And uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a beautiful, beautiful part of it. I was in the Lower Mainland. Most of the movie was made in the Whistler, Pemberton area. Um, okay. Yeah, Harrison, Hot Springs area. Some of it was done there as well. But, um, you know, those are all sort of the sort of the epicenter, as it were, was the Sunshine Coast. I mean, that's when I released the film uh, early on, started releasing it in 07. I was living in uh, uh, on the Sunshine Coast, which is just uh, outside of Vancouver. Awesome. Well, yeah, let's wrap it up. And, uh, Scott, are you all good? I think we were all over the place with great information there. Glad you took the time. Is there anything else that you want to, I don't want to say plug or whatever. <laughs> I look forward to your YouTube channel uh, with some fresh videos coming soon. Um, yes, yes, yes. Brown Deer Warrior, one word for sure. No, I think, uh, you know, again, it's there's going to be a bit of a lag here with the content, as they say, as I gear up for this next big stage. But once it comes, it's going to be really, really well worth the wait. And uh, uh, listen, I really appreciate you guys bringing me on. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I'd love to do some more shows for sure. Anytime you guys want to give me a holla, we can, you know, get on there and, you know, talk turkey and have a little fun or whatever. I gotta Sounds get my butt up there, man. I'm a snowboarder and a mountain biker, and I'm a I got dual citizenship. With my grandma lives over in Winnipeg, and my mom was born there, so I don't really have much excuses other than just oh, taking the time. Fantastic! No, that's crazy. You're welcome, man. Come on down, come on into the valley. I'll show you around and stuff. You guys are more than welcome anytime. Oh, now it's like a whole. Now it sounds like <laughs> we called it. We could use Scotty. We could use the excuse that this is a work trip. We just tell our wives we're going on a work trip. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. guys are both vows for me at the border, right, man? I don't <laughs> yeah, like well, yeah, that much. <laughs> don't get me started on the border, dude. We'll do a show on the border. How's that? That sounds, sounds awesome. Great. Yeah. Uh, and listen, I'm telling you, the stories run, you know, deep and thick. I mean, believe me, there's some crazy ass things that have happened to me over the course of making this thing over the last, you know, 20 some years and that. And I've had some crazy, crazy border crossing stories that just blow your mind. All right. Well, my boy Diggers, right up up on the Montana, uh, right on the border there, man. He's got himself a bar there. So if I don't make it, I'll just hang out at Diggers' place for a while, man. <laughs> oh, you're lucky. That's better than spending ten hours in the lockup. <laughs> yes, it is. You're right. <laughs> All right, well, guys. Well, like we'll, you. <laughs> we'll be right back with the rest of the uh, rest of the show. And thanks again for taking the time, Mr. Warrior. And uh, check yes, it all we out. We call him Brown Dirt. <laughs> Check it all out at dudegrows.com. Take the time to check out at least one of uh, Brown Dirt Warrior's videos. They're they're rather you know they're they're educational, interesting, and with his his history in film, it is kind of like you're watching a you know it's almost like a little Hollywood production, but it's helping you grow. Yeah, so. for real. <laughs> oh, sweet, sweet, you guys are kind. No, thank you very very much, and uh, thank you for uh, bringing me on your show. I really appreciate it. Right on, man. We'll talk to you soon, Brown Dirt. Okay, guys. Take care now. Peace. You too. Okay. Okay. Feel like I like I might have to take them up on that uh, uh, getting the border the border the border crossing stories because everybody's got a few good one of those I know he does I know you do getting and I got a buddy that you know even just running into trying to take a gram back to the states from British Columbia and his story of where you know we said on the show once where the dog came and just sat by him and he's like oh shit don't sit by me don't oh that's actually what you're supposed to do and you're indicating. That anyway, sucks, man. But I know, I know, Mr. Warrior probably has a, quite a few good ones, so he'll be back around. That was a great, you know, it's like you, when you feel like you're just hanging out with somebody. That's what I like about that sit-in. Absolutely, and most brother. of them. Okay, so where do we where do we go from here, man? You smoking? Uh, oh, I know we got to recharge it up, dude. We got one recharge it up. We should get into. For Come sure. on, let's recharge it up, man. All right. 
It's Recharge Wednesday, man. I like your idea about Recharge Wednesday, man. So I'm going to do my once a week treat too, man, you know? That's right. That's right. I'm glad you said that. I got to remember. So, yeah, uh, this came in, guys. We're getting the questions over there at dudegrows.com where you click submit. If if it was like, let's say, Wednesday and you put in a grower question, like a question that's a great grow question, you're going to hear most of those come on Monday's show. So just keep in mind if you put in a grow, because there's some good ones in there. I'm like, shit, I want to talk about this now. But, you know, it's kind of Monday shows, our main grower question show. So don't forget about that. And uh, yeah, hey, real keep, quick, man, I got a, yeah. um, an email this morning. You actually pointed it to my attention. What's up with recharge for $80? And there's people that are like reselling recharge now, man. I don't know what's going on, man. But there's all these crazy. There's one company from Israel that's fucking trying to sell recharge for $80. But. They don't have no recharge, man. So just buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Buy it from you know eBay, Amazon, or realgrowers.com, man. But you'll see it on uh, eBay and Amazon as real growers. That's the name of the store, man. Well, so. and if you have any, you know, shopping sense, it's going to be the least expensive one yeah. is the one you're buying from Scotty. Yeah. Don't buy the $80 one from Israel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got a question from Tony. Hey, guys, I'm a first time grower with two plants in a deep water culture. With a reservoir, eight gallons of water total. Man, you're going to be Justin PH constantly. Um, I'm wondering if recharge works in my reservoir. I'd love to try it out. says, I just signed up as a producer because I've been blazing through your podcast and learning so much. All right. Just had, just had to give back. You guys are awesome. Thanks for uh, keep doing what you're doing. Going to try to keep on doing it for sure. Now, who's Tony. this? Tony, man. Just, All right. Thank you so much for the support, brother. Really appreciate it. Well, man. I mean, I guess now, I mean, technically, Smoke on the Water now. He's changed his, his, his DGC Ooh, name, so Smoke whoa. on the Water. Love it. I don't man. I don't think we need to edit out Tony, though. I don't know. If, I don't think we gave anything away. No, I don't think uh, so, man. I think there's more than two. Way. As long as, as there's more than two. That one might be Detroit we'll be Tony, right. though. Whoa. As if it's... Yeah, now they're going to find them. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, man, and, and anything, uh, if you haven't heard, but using Recharge, uh, and Scotty, you can chime in, of course. Um, you, you don't want to let it sit in res. You don't want to let it, you know, you want to inoculate your growing media, your hydrogen, your rock wool, your cocoa f- core fiber. Your roots. You want to get your, your roots. roots, man. That's where the it's going to stick. It's beneficial bacteria. It's sticky. You want to get that shit to stick onto your roots, man, and that's where it's going to grow. So if you don't have any any media there, if you're using deep water culture and you got just a little bit of hydroton and uh, a bunch of roots hanging out, man, then you can get it to stick on the roots up. Uh, you, you don't have to keep it in the reservoir, you know, so I think it will gum up your reservoir, honestly. I would pour it on top. I'd pour it so it drips down onto the roots very little, and uh, I think you'd be better off than trying to load your reservoir with the proper amount. All right. Does so, that make any sense, man? Take like a gallon of it. Get yourself, what do you got, two, you know, you got two decent-sized deep water culture plants? Maybe even do a half gallon, I would think, would probably be enough. Mix up a half gallon of it, you know, maybe a uh a teaspoon in a half gallon makes something really strong and then just pour that over on the top you know if you got your little net pot pour it down the net pot and let it just follow the roots down 
and uh, a lot of, you know, some of it will drip off, but a lot of it will stick to the roots. Man. Yeah, you worried about the drip if it's too much, kind of messing with the system at all? Should they try and do it just before a res change or something like that? Just no, in case sh- they don't. it shouldn't be that big of a deal. What will happen if you drip too much of it down? The only thing that will happen is it will foam out your reservoir, man, because of all that biological activity going on. Uh, you'll get foam like crazy. Now, granted, if you're trying to get recharged to be on the uh, to touch the roots and the surface area, and all of a sudden you've got that that you know that foam which is made up of the recharge foaming your roots uh it sounds like a pretty good way to get them roots inoculated to me so there's worse things i mean yeah maybe you are gonna have to if you use too much of it it'll foam up the reservoir let it foam up for a little bit and uh you know you might have to clean it up to do a reservoir change or well, yeah, something like th- that he's only got an eight gallon res so if, yeah if That's i were you I'm in saying. that situation yeah just hit it hard get a bunch of runoff if let it, it hang out for an hour and yeah. change it but the idea, I guess the concept I'm saying is get the recharge on there, then go back to business as usual. But you don't have to, you don't want to keep recharging your res all the time. All right. Recharge it up. Yeah, down. man. All right. But I do like, I'm telling you, man, recharge Wednesdays, y'all, man. That's, that's what I'm going to do my once a week treat, man. Going in there and hit my plants with recharge every Wednesday. I dig it, man. Sweet. Well, let's... Uh... Keep on moving into uh, usually we usually we, we're going to talk about what we're smoking, man. I'm not. I'm honestly, I'm sm- well. I call it. I'm calling it my SKISS now. That's my Spectrum King ISS because I do still have some of my HID ISS left over. Nice. Um, and there is there is. I'm not going to say it's like whoa. This is totally different, but definitely some noticeable differences in taste, resin consistency. So, uh, but. I, are you smoking anything different today? You, I know the vape pens. The people are digging the vape pens. The problem is, I was sharing some of my shatter, right? And then they then they really love it, and it's like shit. Like you know, just getting your own homemade shatter from Extractor Man isn't always like an ongoing <laughs> stock kind of thing. Hey, I only got a little. I'm I'm starting to look at it. I'm getting greedy, man. My my little slice of pie keeps getting smaller and smaller. A buddy come over the other day that was like, "Dude, you said you were going to get some shatter," and he did just picked up a, a vape pen from source and it's like god damn it i did i'm all, all right i'll keep to my promise but I, I say to him as he's leaving i'm like dude i'm starting to get greedy with this because i love the convenience dude for snowboarding for and i'm not sitting here i'm trying not to be which i'm sure you have at times scotty uh where you just start using it too much all the time i'm trying to save it for the convenient times i know man <laughs> Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. No, but you know, actually, I started hitting on it. We were talking to Brown Dirt, and uh, I just—it just happened to be sitting on my desk. I picked it up and and uh, hit it a couple times, and I'll be damned. I got pretty fucked up. I started getting all quiet towards the end, man, because I got all too high, man. Just sitting there listening to him talk, man. I like it. Too effed up. So that's what Scotty's smoking is too much vape pen while he's working on the Dude Grow Show. Yeah, I'm just hitting. I've got some extractor man's work here, man. And uh, this is some Candyland from back in the day. It's got to be two months old now, man, but it's delicious, man. So I'm just keeping it mellow, man, enjoying the vape pen as as we work, bro. All right. I'll take it. I'll take it. Shit, yeah, Uh, man. I wanted to... uh... We got some funny, some funny, some funny memes. Um, but before we before we get into that, uh, as always, when you're talking about look who's talking on dogrows.com, <laughs> right. um, this is this is uh, officially sponsored by Way to Grow. If you're a Colorado grower, seven stores, man, <laughs> kick it on over there. Use Dude Grows account. What do you? What's so funny? Come on, man. Am I not? Get, am I doing too? Nah, just looking at these memes. They're fucking hilarious. Oh, man. okay. You keep mine, looking at man. them and chuckling in the background. I It'll be like the I'm soundtrack sorry. 
to my way to grow uh, announcement. <laughs> and uh, so you can use a dude grows account at any of the stores. If you're a new grower, just, you know, come up there and use account and my account for a discount or the most valuable thing. If you're running thousand watt Hortolux HPS is, is the dude grows bulb deal. That's $60 thousand watt Hortolux HPS is every day of the year. They're open. Uh, and yeah, just say, Hey, what's up guys. So like I said, that's a pretty good crew over there. Their company employing like, I don't know, probably 40 plus, at least, you know, salesmen on the floor of growers. And most every time I'm pretty damn impressed, um, with, with what I'm getting on customer service. So, uh, and you get that, you know, at some other places, but keep in mind, Colorado company employing some, you know, a lot of Colorado people and it's just, it's a good vibe. <laughs> <laughs> and the music, and the music up in the store, man. I dig it. You might hear Scotty doing a commercial with uh, Rasta. So, <laughs> am I all over the place? Are you all right? Oh, no, I just can't help it, man. This is the meme part, man. This part makes me so happy, man, because people just fucking get it. It's funny as shit. I got my favorite meme, man. All right. So, if you guys don't know a meme, uh, which I had to be educated, only, I've only known what a meme is for like seven months now. But over on DudeGrows.com, you can click on the meme. You can pick any pit, upload any picture you got, and you get to put your own text on it and explain, you know, what the heck's going on. So what'd you find? You know, it's uh, I got to give give it up to Seattle Grower. He just really gets me, man. And he obviously knows that I'm multilingual because uh, he's got new Aqua Supremo. And it just shows some cocoa core. And it goes, the aqua means water. <laughs> <laughs> and that might that might be a scotty real quote man so uh I, I love it man i'm glad glad we're all laughing together man so i, I love it seattle grower you got it brother let's give you oh let's see whatever i got i got to do the math man 25 so that'd be 2500 you got 2500 nugs coming to you brother and go spend them to, go spend them however you like man <laughs> convert convert them to bucks whatever you want to do that converts to 25 bucks man Oh, I got two. I got two, man. I can resist one. Cody, Cody Chronic put up a Mustang, dude, like just a whatever, late 90s, I don't know, 2005, <laughs> some type of Mustang with like missing the front lights, dent in it, shit's all jacked up. And on the passenger side door is a piece of plywood, actually. And he's calling it a Ford meth stang. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It is pretty classic, man. Uh, it does. It does fit. I mean, even with the Mustang, it fits. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to upset any Mustang owners out there. Uh, but the other one I wanted to, to give it was from, this is titled M.O. I don't know exactly who put this one up. All right. Um, shows a picture, you know, of just when you're starting to see male flowers come out. Or like male, I shouldn't say flowers. The seed sacks, like little balls coming out right when you're, you know, you're sexing. And then there's this little picture of just a guy, like kind of like a stick drawing head that goes, wait, is that? And then the next picture is just, it shows the rage, <laughs> especially a newer grower when you figure you've done the work you've done and now you've got some males, like this little like animated guy with energy <laughs> bolts coming out of his head, completely red, screaming at the top of his lungs, being like, males! So... I give him credit, man. I have not had because I don't breed, and um, you know, tip, all the, I have not had to experience that in a long time. Where right. I, I don't, I don't think I've ever had one in where I thought it was supposed to be a female. It turned out being a male, but um, still, that that does blow. Especially if your ratios are, you know, oh, I got seven males and two females. Great. <laughs> Jeez, man, that is a bum. 
a bummer. So man. you're giving out 25 nugs? Is that what you're doing? 2,500, man. Each nug is essentially a penny. That way it's just like, it's like oh. I, I, I got it off the U.S. currency system, man. Okay? So you make me feel rich, but then I only have 2,500 pennies. All right, okay. so here, here we go. Like Cody <laughs> Chronic, as we speak, man. 2,500, man. 2,500 nugs, man. So there you go. You can buy what the fuck you want, man. So this one was posted by Mo, so that must be, yeah, M-O. I mean, so come on, are you going mean, to do look, it? I'm looking s- for Mo, man. I'm looking for him, man. Let's see. Got, as long as you're a user of Dude Grows, man, I got you covered, man. No Mo. Yes. No Mo. Mo, let us know who you owe. All right, cool, cool. Uh, <clears throat> let's take a real quick break before we talk about what's going on in our grows. Yeah, and, man. Uh, we will be right back. Sounds good to me, dude. Can't handle this heat, three-ton AC, room still 93, I can't figure it out. What's a grower to do? The bugs are loving it too, so I'll smoke this tube and try to figure it out. Call the temp needs, Todd knows AC, so I teach other scene, but he can't figure it out. Simple four light flip, she's being such a bitch Now I'm fucking pissed and I can't figure it out mid-operation mode i'm about i say that because i have the bigger room only with one spectrum king going right now i'm going to be hanging up two more and the other room has the one 600 watt um no complaints yet i think we're about week nine into flower um on the room with the 600 watt uh hortolux hps bear bulb i do believe uh, these plants for one i've never i haven't ever grown bear bulb i've always air cooled uh and the plants are, I mean, I actually consulted on a few gardens. I did grow bear bulb once with four of the big old adjusted wings, 4,000 watts, and some badass AC. But regardless, in my garden, that room is cozy, man. I do believe I'm seeing that they really like the, uh, you know, not having the glass there. I mean, if Tyler was on here or Yair from Gavita, they'd be like, hell yeah, that glass, man. 
can definitely reduce. I don't know by what exact percentage, but you know, right. intensity. Maybe it takes out some UV too. I like when growers that don't hit their numbers blame it on the glass. That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it's those fucking glass lights, man. Uh, and like I said, week uh, or day eight, day eight or nine into into bloom, and I've been doing just the RX for the base. Everything looks real happy. I'm about to pull them out. These are two 10 gallon containers, and give them the the the, the full pre bloom, not pre bloom, but getting into bloom prune. Uh, where I'm taking off some lower shit, I'm thinning out here, I'm selecting this, maybe this canopy is a little too crowded up here, so I'll take off this, try not to take, you know, I don't top anything by any means, it's either remove the whole flower or leave it, um, and then, you know, that's also the really good time I'm going to spray, I've been spraying the uh, Axiom Harpin Protein nice. every other week, and uh, it's a product I've never used before, so uh, that, you know, keeps me keeps me uh excited in the garden and then also and anything um, anything you know like is there anything to know about that is it uh, do you have to spray with the lights off is i haven't inquired yet we gotta get (laughs) we gotta talk to the the growers out there at the facility we'll do a sit-in i wanted to mix the harp and protein with transport Uh for optic foliars so because you know transport enables you to spray whatever with the lights on right but I don't. I didn't know if that would be a good combo. I'm. I have to. I have to check. I check before I just start mixing. Uh, but when the cool thing is when I mix it up and the Harpen protein, if you guys haven't heard, is we talked about it on. Uh, I think maybe episode. I'm not sure which one we had. Uh, the sit in there with Leandro. Um, sure. You just go to dogrows.com. Jonathan. Was it dogrows.com slash catalog? I believe. Let me cool. Check. Probably if you find yeah, it in there. You'll find it right uh, there. But it's 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 natural derived. It's supposed to boost your plants' immunity, like its immune system. Something like I think that the in the the shells, oyster shells and lobster shell mixes when you get the chitin, the chitin I should say in there. All right. So I'm just excited to see how it, how it does. Also a good time uh, to spray some Azimax. You know, when you get a good prune, if you have something to spray, it's a good time to spray. It. You're gonna get good coverage. So, and also, you know, it's going to accelerate. I want to start not fully yet. I'm not doing this. I'll have at least two more prunes, um, but I want to start to direct all that energy up towards my top flowers that are starting to form. So, and I'm going to remove every single fan leaf I have. Oh, yeah? And I was just checking if you're listening. <laughs> all right. I'm not really going to do that. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> that, that got my attention, sir. Um. Also, a good time of the year if you're in a winter zone to keep your eye on your outdoor temps for when it's going to get really cold, uh, you know, and you're going to potentially have ducting that sweats and causes humidity issues or drips on your plants. Be ready for that if you're pulling cold air in. Think about using insulated duct. This is some of my winter tips. Yeah, man. Think about taking the advantage of uh, the cold air if you're somebody that can grow at night. Try and have your light cycle going at night and... um, adding maybe adding a, an intake and adding another light because you can afford to use the air from outside as your ac you got to be careful with that air it doesn't want to blow you don't want any real cold air blowing too close to any plants or canopy or anything like that they do not like it yeah it'll burn them it'll definitely f them up um and i've been just watching my humidity levels carefully too as i go through flower like when i first started flower my humidity was I was keeping it pretty high like veg. Now I am about nine, 10 days in. I'm bringing it down from like 60, 55 to 60% to 50, 55. And then, you know, once we get into the, the second month of flowering, that's when I'll start to bring them down for sure to like 40, 45. 
And I won't even run any humidity as we move. You know, I'll try to almost dehumidify. I want it low at the end of flower. And I think the low humidity brings on more resin production. The flowers trying to protect themselves. At least that's what they tell me when we talk about it. Makes sense to me, brother. Makes sense. No argument mm-hmm. here, man. Hmm. I don't know, man. What else? What else is growing on? I got to get those other two. Once I get those other two Spectrum Kings hung up, I'll have uh, another kind of like grow. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to call it a grow test or challenge, but I'll have some results from another round going through um, under the Spectrum Kings. So that'll yeah, be good to see. Man. Yeah, I'm kind of torn, man. All right, well, hang on. I'll wait for my turn, man. I'm done. Hit it up, man. That's all I. That's all I got. Take I, it away. I'm, I'm kind of torn because I mean I know the Spectrum King works, man. Things in awesome light, man. I know what they are, um, and I get now all of a sudden I'm getting a lot of talk. You know, LED gurus telling me about a couple cool new lights. Uh, that flower initiator, the guy John from High Point LED. I'm looking forward to a conversation with him. I think there's some real interesting things that he's up to. So there's just a lot of different stuff. And I'm like, man, I don't know, man. Do I just load up with... I was actually talking to a buddy who was telling me that I really should try a 315, that they're just freaking awesome. And I'm like, man, you know what? I kind of would like to try all these different things, man. You know what? Shit, I hope I can get a Spectrum King sometime soon, man, you know? But... uh I really would like to try a lot of these different lights, man. I'm used to running. I used to run eight lights in, in, in a flip. You know, I've actually knocked down one of the walls of my flip now, and I'm just going to run. You know, I was thinking it would be six 1,000s or six 1,000-watt replacements. You know, I was going to build my own LEDs. But the LEDs are, like, super, super expensive. It just doesn't feel good to try to come up and save three or four grand, you know, and uh, and spend them on, on a do-it-yourself LED chips, you know. So I don't know, man. I think I might just play around, um, try a couple different lights. Like, even I see what Digger does. You know, they call them, what, the Spider-Man lights? You know, there's you know, the- see, man. But this is where I'm curious, in the sense, to keep, and we'll we'll see how we we model this. And this is talk and grow too. I mean, started. This is what's grown on, so this show can go wherever it wants. But um, when you said trying, I'm excited about trying new things, man. To try lights and to try nutrients, definitely. T- I mean, to really try it, you're talking months. Um, so yeah, lights, it's a cycle. You know what I mean? Like I might want to try to grow with one of them Spider-Man lights. If you can really control the spectrum, the way that Digger was telling me, um, and I have somebody that's instructing me on how to control the spectrum, it might be interesting, man. I'd like to see it. And I think the, uh, the crew, there's, there's a, a market for these things where if you're doing a closet or if you're doing a, you know, a, you know, yeah, a little closet or something like that or a micro grow. Yeah, these LEDs become viable at that point. And, you know, a 400-watt Spectrum King really isn't the solution for everybody. That's a big-ass light, man. That's like a solution for commercial folk, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to try a bunch of this stuff as it comes available, man. So I'm just, just considering what I'm going to do, man. Like I said, I keep on trying to pull the trigger on spending three grand to build, uh, you know, five or six LEDs. And it's really more like four or five LEDs, man. And it just don't feel good to do it, man. And there's all this interesting stuff going on around me, different stuff going on around me. I might have to try it, man. I am down as long as we're trying it. Like I've said in previous shows, you know, the show's policy is, you know, to recommend shit that we're using. People in our crew are using. It doesn't have to be just us, you know, but people that we're trusting in, like we got the captain chiming in on all kinds of stuff. Yeah, uh, and that's what know, I'm as saying. As well as Digger with his LEDs, the things are growing. But, I mean, if I want to, I don't want anybody to ever be like, oh, where'd you hear about that? And the last thing they remember is they heard about it on the show, but it sucks. 
So no, that's what yeah. I'm talking about being kids. You got to be careful, man. I can guarantee you, you know, I can go into, uh, you know, and there's, you got to have, I'm just going to say, I can go into high times website and I can find shit that sucks. Yeah. That I don't even like that. I don't even think should be promoted. Uh, and I don't want that. So that's where when earlier in the show, we're looping back to when we were talking about, you know, trying to monetize and whatnot, that you got to be real careful with it. And we worked hard to get where we're at with 170, one, is this 171? 171. (laughs) The one where Scotty sells out. Yeah, I was about to say to get, you know, get up. Oh, they're cool up until they got to 175 and then it was selling out. So we got to, and that's a, you got to be careful. People, if people don't watch themselves, like going into anything, like whatever, Hollywood actors, yada, yada. When you start to get into the, where you have people trusting you, you have listeners, and you have a group of people you're dealing with, you, yeah, you can't sell out. You know where this stems from is me thinking that Spider-Man lights didn't work. In the beginning, I had one perspective, and that was you need the bright light LED, you need a bright white LED, and that's the only thing that's going to work, and everything else is, is bullshit. And I had a closed mind for a while about it. And then it took a guy like, uh, like Digger to come over and say, hey, man, you know, check this out. This shit works. This is my garden, man. Here, I'll, I'll prove it to you, man. You know, there's Gromel on the other side building these, you know, building these crazy bright white LEDs out. You know, he's doing a do-it-yourself kind of guy. There's all these people that have these different ways, and I just want to promote that. Uh, there's not a, a right way for everybody. You know, some people will, will want to go make their own, you know, red flower initiator light for $25 worth of diodes, and they're going to go to the garage and rate it for the solder and all that stuff and, and build it themselves. There's other guys that are like, fuck that. I'd pay 169 bucks to have something warranted and built and done. You know what I mean? There's a little something for everybody. And, you know, with the audience growing to the size that it is, uh, I'm just trying to represent uh, a, a a little bit and the options uh, for everyone, I guess we could say, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. And so on all, all levels, man, I definitely, you know, having the members is what assists in not thinking that I got to rely on trying to find ways for this show to function with the amount of time and effort we put into it. Value for value, as you say, sure, man. in other areas. So I love it when you guys become a member and I don't feel bad about, you know, saying that's, yeah, it's a, it's a monthly membership. You can cancel any time, but shit, the deals you get on recharge and the stuff we're putting over at real growers. And then the members area that we're always trying to build on the site. I'm not, I'm not feeling too shabby about the 995 and damn, you're definitely helping pay, pay the bills, pay the internet bills. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Like I, I do like the value for value model, man. And, uh, it's leading us to good things, man. The, the crew is getting somewhere, man. So we, we really appreciate it. And hang on, man, as we go as we go on another ride. And that's what's going on in Scotty's Grove. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. No, like I said, just thinking about the different lights, man. I knocked the wall down. I've got a room for more than just six 1,000s now. I've got a big closet that I've opened up. And I'm not looking to just do cannabis anymore. I got way too much attention on me to go over my six-plant count. So I'm a good little boy, and I play by the rules, and I grow a lot of different stuff down there. I got some banana seeds that I'm growing, making like a tropical forest. Carom- just a, a bunch of different really cool stuff man i almost said carambola which i almost ordered this it's like the star fruit <laughs> i almost ordered the star fruit and i was like yeah i'm gonna grow one of those and i remember like they have those trees all over florida they're like 20 foot tall man you know they're huge so so i scrapped that but uh, yeah i just been buying a bunch of other stuff i'm gonna do tomatoes and i'm gonna start shifting gears a little bit to take in uh some of these products and growing my own produce with them, man. You know, so I can just go downstairs when I want a little lettuce from a sandwich. I go downstairs. I use some of the recycled cocoa, the same earthworm castings, the same recharge, and uh, 
yeah, man, just make myself a really big garden down there. So that's kind of where my focus is at. And uh, the byproduct, you know, like I said, if you want to be a great gardener, a great grower, just grow a lot of things, man. So that's where I intend to go, and that's what I intend to learn, man. So stay tuned, all y'all. Hell yeah. Well, thanks for listening to episode 171. This week in cannabis will be up on Friday. And uh, I don't think I got anything else Anything else either, guys, other than I hope you enjoyed the show. Give us feedback. Submit your questions. DudeGrows.com. Submit. Works dandy. Uh, I promise some things are going out in the mail. Uh, actually, I got like I'm five or six things up, going man. out today. I'm, all caught. I'm good, clean. Good. I'm going to take, take a nap with a clean conscience, man. I need to, I need to catch up. When you guys that wanted shells, stickers, um, you, you will, I email back. Like, so if you, you haven't gotten your email, it's not on the way, but it's on the way shortly. I will email you and say, Hey, that's just on the way and much appreciated for a little bit of patience, but, uh, it's coming to you or coming at you at your house <laughs> and take it easy. I'm out of here, man. I'm going to get ready to, uh, get ready to do what? Repack my bowl for one. And look at the, look at these screens a little bit more. And there then you head go, the man. I'm gonna go make some recharge, homie. All right. Later, Scotty. Take her easy, dude. Thank <laughs> you.